You're listening to the Hospitality on a Plate podcast, brought to you by Hotel and Restaurant Times, kindly supported by Guestline, an access company, technology solutions for the hospitality industry, presented by Cyril McAree. Okay, hi, this is my name, Cyril McRae, and I'm here this morning with Guy Thompson from the FPD Group of Hotels in the Kilshee House Hotel to see what's happening within the group. Good to see you again, Cyril. Not at all, Guy. Guy, can I ask you, you're obviously not from Ireland. Correct. Where, you, where did you originate from? Uh, I, I'm actually from Birmingham originally, Cyril, mm. and uh, I, I did my, I, I wanted to be in hotels since I was 15 years of age. I started off as a, as a kitchen porter, uh, went to college, got my degree. Um, uh, I was working in, in, the, in the UK for what was then Principal Hotel Group. Um, and then I came over to uh, Ireland for a weekend and uh, ended up, you know, in Temple Bar, as you do, in, uh, <laughs> in Busker's Bar. And I met my now wife um, at the time. And um, that was 27 years ago now. So we're, we're 20 years married in August. And it's, it's quite ironic because the bar we met in Busker's uh, is actually, you know, it was, it was Tower Hotel Group at the time when I started managing that. So, you know, the, the, the bar that I met my, my wife and we, uh, I ended up managing it as part of the hotel many years later. So, yeah. Right. Full circle. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's great now. So, I mean, what, your first job then in Ireland would have been with the Tara Hotel Group? No, my, my first job was actually with MasterChefs. Uh, I was managing the Central Hotel and uh, I opened uh, what is now Fire Restaurant, but at the time was Fado Restaurant and the Round Room at the Mansion House. So uh, I was overseeing the Central Hotel and then mm. as part of we got a, a five-year contract uh, with Dublin City Council on a joint venture to uh, open a restaurant uh, at, um, on Dawson Street, uh, which was Fado Restaurant and refurb uh, the, the Mansion House. Um, so we looked, I, I looked after the hotel, the, the restaurant, um, the round room of the mansion house, and we also did all the functions for the Lord Mayor in, in Lord Mayor's house as well. So I, I, I worked with them for, for seven years, and then uh, I decided I taken that as far as I could, and um, I joined uh, what was Tower Hotel Group and part of FPD um, uh, managing Temple Bar Hotel. Uh, which was a real, you know, eye opener for me with, you know, um, Buskers, which is 800 capacity uh, bar, and then what was at the time Boomerang nightclub. So, you know, you you had a sort of on a weekend you'd have a thousand people down downstairs in the nightclub, 800 people upstairs in the bar, and a full house, uh, you know, in the height of the boom. So, real, absolutely incredible experience. Um, and that was my real sort of first taste of, of um, Tower Hotel and FPD at the time. And uh, I, I just found them as, as a group so great to work for, you know, very supportive, very forward thinking, all about, you know, uh, investing in the asset, developing, um, you know, the, the buildings, the hotels and the people as well. So um, I, I, I did that for, for five years. And then um, we built a new hotel in Castlenock, uh, and the general manager left there after sort of 18 months, two years. So I took over that, which again, incredible property, you know, um, you know, four-star deluxe hotel and, and really sort of, you know, it was a greenfield site. So um, a beautiful hotel. And I, unfortunately, when I took over there, um, it was sort of like three weeks after the big crash and a very tough time to take over the day before i joined we made nine managers redundant 
uh, and the business went from you know being 80% occupancy to 20% literally overnight so very challenging time for me in my career you know going from you know a very busy city center hotel to a very much a corporate and conference hotel and we had to realign all our business pretty much overnight go back to leisure I remember, and you laugh about it now, but we're doing, you know, two two nice bed and breakfast uh, and one dinner for 99 euros per person sharing. And, and you look at uh, where we are now. Yeah, from, it was, from that was around so the time, though, that we had the, the race to the bottom when we had hotels in Dublin offering rooms at 9.99 and stuff like that. Absolutely, you yeah. Know? And it, it, was, it was a very frightening time, you know, in the industry. And I remember, um, you know, the first week we were there, we were turning over 70,000 a week and we had a payroll of 120%. And uh, it was just really back to basics, stripping everything back and rebuilding the business. But, uh, you know, thankfully we, we got through it, um, you know, and, and Casnock now is is really a fantastic product. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've extended it, you know, uh, put on an extra 45 bedrooms. We put on two terraces, uh, you know, continually refurbing and, and investing the property, thanks to, mm -hmm. to David Kelly, our CEO, and the vision of the board. Uh, and that will now turn over, you know, 21 million this year. Uh, and deliver five and a half million profit for for FBD hotels, which is fantastic. And we're we're now looking at the future three year plans there and where we can take that to and bring it in over six million. That's incredible. Like I mean, it's, and it's somewhat ironic when you talk about the downturn and you know the the challenges you had as an hotelier when the IMF themselves identified tourism as a key component in our success. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it is, you know, it, it is tourism is just, and, and I think, you know, COVID has one thing really taught us, you know, how important tourism is now. And, uh, you know, I was a big advocate, you know, and supporter of the additional runway at the airport. And I worked very closely with the DA on submissions of that. And I think, you know, sometimes people lose sight of the fact that how important the inbound tourism and the domestic tourism is. You know, 70% of the business in Castanoc would be, you know, leisure related, you know, and of that, nearly 60% would be would be domestic. So it is hugely important to, to Ireland, to FBD. You know, we very much are predominantly leisure, um, leisure hotels within our locations and our facilities. Um, you know, something that we're very keen to develop. Many, many hotels are now in the group in total because you have overseas as well. You have some yeah, we, we have we have four hotels in Ireland now, so uh, Kasnok Hotel, uh, Kiddushi Hotel, which is our latest acquisition, which we, we, we bought last year. Uh, we have Faith Lake um, down in Waterford, beautiful property, lovely golf course there. Uh, and we also have the Heritage as well, which we bought three years ago. So um, all four-star deluxe hotels, very strategically located, you know, close, you know, or either close to Dublin or very good, you know, links to Dublin. Yeah, and ironically, a lot of those would have been owned at times by developers and people like that who are there <laughs> who are sub, I suppose, subject to the cause of our, our demise. Exactly yeah and uh, David Kelly as the CEO and the board are very strategic yeah. about what properties mm. that we buy uh, you know and we're on the lookout for more there's, there's a couple of properties we're invest, interested in at the moment but you know we very much look at seeing properties that are you know have good commuter routes to, to Dublin uh, are on you know major roadways or motorways, mm. uh, and also that we see value in that we can invest in them and, and increase the overall you know value of the asset and the, and the profitability. 
uh, at this stage, you know, we're not interested in, in building new properties. Certainly we'll add on to, um, you know, existing existing rooms onto existing assets or, uh, you know, invest heavily in them. But, you know, it, it's just too cost prohibitive at the moment to, to, to how do build. You how do you find then, you say, when you are trying to, you know, refurb or, or up upgrade and add new rooms, do you find that you know, the local authorities are supportive of it or do you find it problematic? No, I, I think, you know, if, if you take Kilishi, our, our latest our latest property, you know, we bought that for 25 million in uh, in April of last year, mm. went through April last year, uh, we spent, you know, in excess of three and a half million on it so far, you know, including refurbing all of the bedrooms, you know, the ground floor outlets, uh, the meeting rooms. We'll complete the ballroom uh, next year as well. Uh, and we've engaged, you know, very, very closely with, with Kildare County Council, and they're very supportive of the investment that we made. You know, we've gone from employing 300 staff here when we took over to 380 now, and we see that going forward. And, you know, we see all our hotels as being very central within the community. We're, we're local hotels for the local community uh, and working closely with, with Kildare County Council, uh, Dublin County Council, Fing County Council uh, is at leash and, and Waterford are very, very important to us. You know, we see them as, as, as partners, you know, within the hotels and the development of the hotels. And before we go and, and look to do any sort of planning application, we'll always engage with the local councils mm -hmm. to get their views on it. But you probably are somewhat fortunate given the location of your properties, they're on standalone sites. So you have the availability of land mm -hmm. around you. So it's not really encroaching on neighbours and stuff like No, that. it's not. No, but we're, we're very conscious of the fact that we want to be good neighbours to, you mm -hmm. know, um, you know the, the, the local, you know, be it housing estates or business parks, whatever. It's, it's uh, uh, you, you know, we're, we're very much, you know, a, a local-based hotel. Uh, and you look here, you know, we, we, we purchased the Bower Bed and Breakfast, you know, directly across the road from the hotel earlier this year for 1.3 million. Uh, and we're currently looking at, you know, submitting a planning application for that to turn that into a nine bedrooms, you know, very luxury hotel as an extension of, of, of Killashi. Sort of like a boutique hotel? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But which will be linked to, to the hotel, but with, you know, very much a high-end meeting room space, uh, you know, beautifully appointed bedrooms. Uh, we have outside space as well where we're looking to put a, a wellness area in as well. So, you know, you, you'll be able to use that area for, um, you know, wellness, team building, uh, and also the hotel will be perfectly appointed for, um, you know, hen parties to go down there, you know, buyouts for conference groups, for Corporate board groups. meetings, uh, and also for golf groups as well for, mm. for locals. So, you know, uh, we, we see that as very much an extension to the hotel. Uh, and it, we, when it came up for sale, we, we just saw it as, as a perfect fit for us to, to purchase that and to continue to development. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Guestline, an access company, leading hospitality software provider and the most mature cloud-based PMS, offering innovative solutions for accommodation providers worldwide, looking to streamline operations and enhance guest experiences. Since you've begun your career, Guy, what changes have you seen or what have you seen that has, you know, inspired you and also saddened you? Um, I, I think what has inspired me is the fact that people see the hotel industry as, as, a, as a career now. 
Whereas before, when I was starting out, it was very much you, you sort of fall into the hotel industry. Um, you know, my my family background is all medical. My father was a doctor, as was my mother. My sister a radiographer, and, and I very clearly remember saying to my mother when I wanted to go into hotel, she actually cried because she sort of is as I, I was falling into the industry. Um, but you know, it was something I was very passionate about. And now I, I think it's, it is an industry that people want to come into, which is, which is fantastic. And I think that, you know, the whole element of, of, of service has really improved, uh, you know, and I think people now, when they come to hotels, their expectations are much higher. You know, they are spending very hard on money now. They want value, they want quality, they want good service. Uh, you know, along with the facilities, you know, um, David is always very clear to us that you know, you can build the Taj Mahal, but if the service and the people aren't right, you won't get the repeat customers. And that's something that, that, that we're really driving now is the whole people culture within the group. Um, and I think, you know, I've, I'm very excited. I'm very, you know, passionate about the hotel industry and the people that we have with FBD, you know, share that passion as well. Uh, I, I think what, what saddens me is, is really um, the people that try and knock the industry, the people that, you know, um, really say it's not a, it, it isn't, you know, um, a career. It is a career. You know, I've had some wonderful experiences in mm -hmm. hotels and, and it, you know, it's a bit of a, an old saying, but no, no day is the same, but it really isn't. You know, you can plan your day in, in hotels, even in senior role that I'm in, um, but each day can be very, very different. So do you, do you feel therefore that the programme that's been implemented currently with Falch Ireland and, and the industry to bring educators in to experience and see the industry in its real light is, is, is welcomed? Absolutely. I, th I think it's brilliant. And I think we work very closely with, with Falch Ireland. We work very closely with uh, Shannon College uh, and with, you know, locally as well, with local schools, colleges, mm. very much, you know, uh, encouraging people to come and see the hotel, you know, uh, see the back of house areas, talk to the managers. You know, we're very keen to go out and, and be ambassadors for the industry. Um, you know, all our hotels are credited with great places to work, which we, we, we did last year and we're, we're going for a reassessment this year, which again has been fantastic for us. Mm. And I think that, you know, the whole culture within the hotels is, is really, really important. Uh, we work with Ross O'Neill, with WorkBee as well to do internal staff surveys and develop the culture in the hotel. And we're now looking at the whole group culture as well, group values. And we've seen great, great benefit to that, mm -hmm. you know, within our staff retention um, and within our staff satisfaction. You know, our staff satisfaction uh, in, in Kasnock is, is sitting at 83% at the moment. Uh, you know, a high benchmark would be sort of, you know, 77, 78. So, so that's great. Mm -hmm. That really helps with the staff retention, really helps the engagement. And, you know, you really get to listen to what the staff want and how the staff can, you know, they're on the cold face, they're talking to the guests and what can benefit the guests and what can benefit, you know, the staff and the management from a training and development point of view well, as well. Is they, they, in fairness, as you said, they're at the cold face. They're, they're, they're the people getting information that can bring it back to you and you can adapt and modify things to make sure that the customer experience is better. Absolutely. So, you know, you can sit in a boardroom uh, and, and agree a strategy with your senior team on what you think is correct. But really, you need to be talking to, you know, the staff that are talking to the guests, engaging with the guests, you know, experiencing what the guests experience. And that's why we're very keen to have, you know, our staff and our managers stay in our hotels, 
you know, stay in, you know, the other properties in the group as well and bring back ideas. And we're all about group sharing what works in one hotel may work in another hotel to enhance the guest experience, you know, or increase profitability or increase, you know, our staff satisfaction as well. So it is more and more all about the people. You know, it's a great career opportunity in hotels, but you need to to nurture those people and bring quality people into the industry now yeah, as well. Yeah, I think there's estimated something like over a quarter of a million people in, in, who are employed in the industry. But yet we, we're in, in the cusp now where VAT is going to go back to 13.5%. Is that a retrograde step, do you feel? I, I think, I, listen, it, we would be big advocates of keeping the 9% VAT rate. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we can appreciate where the government coming is coming from. And it was a temporary measure, which, to be fair, you know, you, you can't fault the government or anything for how they supported, uh, you know, the hotel and hospitality industry throughout COVID. Uh, I, I, it really was a springboard for us as well. And I think, you know, it, it kept a lot of business, businesses alive. Uh, through COVID and listen, you know, we'll always look for a lower VAT rate, but I think mm. everybody has to be realistic on this. Uh, I, I, I do think that personally there'll be uh, a split between, you know, I think the restaurants may retain the 9% VAT rate because I think, you know, standalone restaurants, the margins are so tight. Uh, you know, particularly with with you know increases in in labour, the challenges with labour, you know, increases in the national minimum wage coming through as well, uh, increase in, in in produce price as well. That's with the with the, the ongoing issues in Ukraine. That's only going to go up again. So, I think there's a realization there now that the VAT is is going to go up. Uh, but again, listen, it's another challenge that that we have to face and where we can unfortunately it will be passed on to uh to the customers but you know we will absorb it as well you know as as where we can there's there's various contracts that we have in place at the moment where where we will absorb the hit but where we can we'll, we'll pass on as well but you know i think that there has to be a realization that it was never going to last forever but it has been leveled that the the hotel sector in particular um have, be, have been causing problems in regard to charges the price has been charged for rooms and that and that has been damaging to the to the tourism yeah message. absolutely yeah yeah i i don't think as well when you 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 look particularly with 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 the concerts and yes listen you know, i i i you know there is without a doubt a very small minority within the industry that are capitalizing on that but you know there is a lot of sensationalization going on you know with the concerts a lot of hotels you know don't load rates or can't load rates you know uh, more than 12 months out so any rates that would have been showing for you know the concert states would have been default rates which is why they were quoting ridiculous amounts as well and i think to be fair the ihf are very quick in coming out you know and, and making people aware of that as well but you know yes you know people are very quick to knock hotels, but people have realised that it's a supply and demand issue as well. Um, you know, no one really knocks Ryanair when they charge extortion amounts for, for prices, you know, but they'll be, um, you know, very quick to you commend them when they charge low prices. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's the same with the hotel industry. It's supply and demand. We are a business. And when, you know, demand is high, rates will be reflected in that. But but uh, by no means do we support in any way any any sort of like you know price guy price gouging or anything like that. It's certainly something that we are very keen to 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 step away from. You know, uh, you know, we're actually running a competition this week uh, with, with Cast Knock mm. to win two tickets to Taylor Swift concert, and we're, we're providing accommodation for that as well because mm. again we want to give something back. Uh, and also as well, we're keeping our rates you know very reasonable for for those concerts because mm. we just see it if if people come to the hotel 
and would they pay a fair price for you know very good service, a very quality good, uh, very good quality accommodation, leisure facilities, ground floor facilities that will build, yeah, and, and they'll come back. And that's something we, throughout all the hotels, we're trying to build a lot more loyalty, you know, and build maiden lists. And through our maiden lists, we can go out and send out, you know, offers, you know, to people that are loyal to us, which is very important to us. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned there, the fact of the consumer. And you think there's, you think there's a need that the industry needs to educate the consumer in really about the industry, because you'd always get thrown up. If I pay X number of euros for a room in Dublin, I can go a week in Spain. Do you think there's an educational role here that needs to be done to show people that people in Spain are being paid an awful lot less? Absolutely, I, I think you know we, we can you know compare Spain very easy because we have our, our two fantastic properties, Sunset Beach and La Cala Resort down there. So, and you're absolutely right; they're paid a lot less, produce is a lot less, energy is a lot less. Uh, so it, it is, you know, I, I think we, we did, did an exercise, um, you know, and, you know, when you look at if you buy five cups of coffee and five cakes in, in Spain versus, you know, over here in general, you're paying something like, you know, 60 to 70 percent less in Spain, you know, just on, on that level. So uh, I, and I think, you know, there is um, there has to be choice there people will want to go abroad and we're very much seeing that you know our spanish properties are having record years this year because people haven't traveled even last year coming out of post-covid our Irish hotels you know traded very very strongly uh, and the Irish hotels not so strongly you know still had very sorry the spanish hotels still had very good years but this year everyone's traveling abroad there's more flights more capacity and again, I think there'll be a, a, a leveling out of that next year now as well. But certainly there is an education piece that, that needs to be done. And we became to, to, to get involved in that. Um, but I think the consumer will still make up their own mind. And, you know, unfortunately, bad press, you know, sells papers rather than good press. Mm, well, that's fair enough. Now, you know, you mentioned the, the government support of the industry during COVID, and I think nobody nobody denied that we're very supportive. And there's a, you know, there was a lot of... Um, money given to the sector now obviously a lot of that is warehoused has to be paid back now and the signals are now the signs are now that there's a number of companies out there who maybe will not be in a position to do mm -hmm. that and that's going to impact but on a wider on a wider look you know again the industry feel or a lot of people in the industry feel that they don't have a real position at the cabinet table that they need a minister for tourism mm -hmm. would you yeah, I, I, I think absolutely. I think tourism is such a huge part of the Irish economy uh, that, that certainly I think, you know, the IHF, you know, do a very good lob, uh, very good job, uh, as do the Restaurant Association of Ireland of, of lobbying on behalf of the hospitality industry. But I, I do think that it, it does need to be taken more seriously. We do need more. Uh, I think, you know, I totally agree with you. You know, a, a minister at that table will be, will be crucial. Um, and, and I think, look, you know, Different people in the industry have different views, but ultimately, you know, we are, you know, all of the same goal. We're trying to maintain employment and build employment within the industry, you know, provide, you know, huge returns in tax for the government as well uh, and, 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 and develop tourism in Ireland, which it, it is a fantastic, incredible product. Uh, and the more we shout about that, you know, Fort Ryan do an incredible job, um, you know, as does... Um, 
you know, the government to a certain extent, but I think we it is something we need to to push on much further. And and again, we'd be very supportive of that. We would talk at length to local TDs, particularly, you know, uh, on Taoiseach, Leo Varadka would be uh, in the constituency of Castanock, so we, we would be engaging with him on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And how do you find that? Like, did, did the appreciator understand tourism, or is it a, just a nod and a wink, or what? No, I, I think they do. And I think you know, they, they, the more you talk to them, the more the IHF are talking to them, uh, the more the restaurant associations, restaurant associate are talking to them, the more understanding that, that they have. And I think again, you know, when when you saw COVID and you know the the tourism collapse in COVID, you know, and now it's coming back so strongly, you know, you, you can see how important it is and. And certainly the government are, are aware of that. But again, you know, the government has so many different priorities and, you know, everybody, you know, feeding them. We just have to maintain the pressure on them. Mm. OK. Um, the climate at the moment, unfortunately, is, is, is in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Like we have that, that disastrous events happening in Europe. Um, when it came to refurbishing your hotels, were you, were you very conscious of looking at sustainability and how to improve your carbon footprint absolutely yeah uh, and i think you know it is something that we are you know and, and having for the last two years you're looking very closely at the whole green initiatives when we're doing our our capital expenditure we always allocate funds uh you know to green projects be it you know replacement of pubs um, you're looking at we're looking at solar now in in the Irish hotels. We did uh, a fantastic piece of work uh, of solar in in Lacala as well, uh, which is is providing all the um, the energy for the golf course and, and the clubhouse at the moment. Uh, ESG is is a huge thing on our agenda at the moment, group level and hotel level, uh, and it's suddenly we, we we're driving forward. We have ESG committees in hotels and a group level, and uh, we're engaging with CBRE as well on a mm -hmm. whole program around that. And to be fair, you know, it's 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 not just it's it's a moral responsibility. We believe as well that it is for the future of. You know the industry for you know our, our children our children children you know we need to be taking the lead on this and um you know we believe that you know we, we have a good plan in place now and really now it's about monitoring that mm. and, and and giving very clear um kpis around that which is, is something we're working on at the moment so but it, it is you know very high on our group agenda yeah because ironically there 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 are again reports come out back that a lot of um, people are have decided to against going out to Europe and are going to stay at home, uh, staying at home this year. They've changed their plans. Have you seen any evidence of that in your properties? Uh, yeah, I, I, to be fair, June and July, you know, our, our leisure business, you know, was impacted uh, by people going abroad. Uh, and we can see that within our Spanish properties. Um, but certainly now coming back into August, all our, our Irish hotels are trading very strongly for the family and leisure business. And going to September, October, um, you know, our corporate and conference business is coming up very strongly. Inquiries are extremely strong. Bookings are starting to come through now. Uh, and Q1 next year is looking very, very strong from a corporate point of view as well. So, and, and I think we're all aware that this year there was going to be, um, you know, a, a bit of an exodus of people going abroad. Uh, certainly, unfortunately, you know, the, 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 the war in Ukraine has had a little bit of impact. And I think certainly the, the devastating fires and, and the heat wave is having an impact over the last three weeks with people cancelling holidays and staying more at home. So it is starting to benefit, you know, the, the Irish hotels even more. But the, the lead time of the business is just getting shorter and shorter mm -hmm. 
particularly on the leisure and the families. Only this week now, we're, 16, we're seeing 70% of our bookings on the website in, in Kasnock and Kilishi coming into August now. So it is very, very short lead, which makes it very hard to forecast, but it's great that it's coming in. It's great that we continue to get fantastic support from the domestic tourism. And we're also seeing the Northern Irish tourism is starting to come back strongly as well, which is, you know, a very welcome. Mm-hmm. And like they say, like, you know, do you feel that, you know, Unfortunately, the, the issues in Europe may be of benefit to Ireland that our climate may be more, I suppose, appealing to people. Yeah, I think it, 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 some people actually like the rain, Cyril, you know, mm. whereas, you know, mm. I was in, in, in Spain a couple of weeks ago and it was 38 degrees and you come back and, and it's raining here. But I think partially the, the, the rain and the climate and, you know, the green lush fields is such a draw for Ireland. And I think, you know, to, I was talking to some Americans in in, uh, in Castanoc last week, uh, and they just said it is just such an, an incredible country, the friendliness of the people here, you know, the draw of, you know, uh, the you know they don't mind the rain, they don't mind, you know, the winds, you know, they just say the, the countryside, the appeal, you know, to travel around and see Ireland is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and for them to go back and tell their family and friends Mm. all about that as well is, is is really good so i think there is there's something about the, the irish weather that is a little bit charming a bit wet and windy but mm. and people like it and as i say maybe in the future it'll become the destination because of the, the, the well that's it to, to, to get away from the uh the, yeah. the heat waves in europe come yeah. to uh, come to ireland and say because i don't Ireland. think we're ever going to have that problem come to ireland for the rain that's you it know? You mentioned the Americans, ironically, um, and of course we had that situation where a tourist, an American tourist, was was savagely attacked. Absolutely, in, in very Dublin sad. City, in the Dublin city centre. Um, is that a worry that we may be tagged with that, you know, um, tag of not being a very safe country or not a very safe place to visit? And how can that be really be addressed as against the stick and plaster? Because what we heard from the government, with all due respects, is a stick and plaster mm-hmm. scenario. It's not, a, it's not a fix, it's a stick yeah. and plaster. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, Dublin is like any European city, you know, capital city. You're always going to get isolated incidents. Uh, and I think, um, you know, it's certainly, you know, policing is an issue. Uh, and we do need, you know, more guards. Uh, and and it, it's very welcome to hear the minister allocating more funds for overtime. Uh, and there's, there's, you know, um, 70 guards graduating today. And, you know, they're talking about an extra 800 guards, you know, this year, which is, you know, very, very welcome, uh, even though slightly below the target of, of 1,000 guards extra this year. But I think certainly we need more uh, more guards you know, on on the streets. But I think businesses have their part to play as well uh, in, in supporting the guards. Um, you know, in relation to you know increased CCTV. Um, you know, very good quality security staff. You know, on the premises in hotels, bars, restaurants. Um, you know, even from a point of view of keeping, you know, the outside of your hotels clean, tidy, reporting antisocial behaviour, it has to be a collaboration. Uh, and, and I think, you know, together we, we need to you know, reinforce the message that, that Ireland is is a safe place. It, there are isolated incidents, uh, but it is, you know, the, the land of a thousand welcomes. And mm. you know, we are, as, 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 a, as a nation, a very welcoming nation. We're very friendly people. And that is such a, uh, a great selling point for Ireland. And, and we really need to, to reinforce that. 
Uh, and I think what happened to that gentleman is extremely sad uh, and it's horrendous for him and his family. But, you know, we have to all work together, you know, to, to really minimise any sort of incidents, not only in, in Dublin city centre, but that could happen, you know, in, in, in any, you know, city, capital city, you know, around Europe or the world. But I think if you look at Europe, I mean, and I've been to a number of companies in Europe, countries in Europe, then there is a police presence, it's visible. And it's the enact and they, and they enforce the law. Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. And I think that that could be part of the problem here is down to the lack of visibility and down to the, that lack of, you know, um, fear of the of the perpetrators mm -hmm. that they're going to get caught because they know they're not. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's it's an ongoing issue. And I think it's it is. As I said earlier, it's a collaboration. But ultimately, we need more more guards out on the streets. Uh, you know, prevention is, is always better than cure. Uh, and I, but, you know, I, I totally understand that there's been budgetary pressures there. There's certainly recruitment pressures as well, you know, getting people into the guards as well. Um, mm. And I think, look, you know, we have to take all this in, into account and work closely with, you know, the government, the local authorities and, and play our part as, you know, hoteliers, you know, and, and general business people to work with them and support them as much as we can for the greater good. OK, talking about, you know, support and encouraging people in the industry, you know, into the text of the guards, but if you look at the or the hospitality sector, do you feel now that people are genuinely engaging with it, that we will have the cohort of workers we need for the growth in industry? I, or, I the think college, or do the colleges need to do more? I, I think it's going to be very, very challenging. Um, I, I think, you know, despite it being a, a fantastic industry to get into for, for a brilliant career, um, it, it, you can see that there's lower numbers coming through the colleges. Uh, it's not seen um, as as a, a really vibrant, you know, career, which I, I think is a shame. So as we said earlier, it, it's down to, you know, people like me and, uh, and other, you know, managers and head of departments and even general staff of the industry to to go out there and promote the industry, you know, in conjunction with, with the, the various bodies. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be a challenge. Rates of pay will always be a challenge in the industry. You know, you can earn the, the same amount of money or more money, you know, going to, you know, stack shelves in supermarkets, you can in the industry, but you're not going to get the fulfillment that you get or the, you know, potential career progression. And I think certainly, you know, China, recruitment is still challenging. You know, thankfully, with the, the culture programs that we have uh, and being a, you know, a, a, you know a, a best place to work across the group, we, we, we have minimum vacancies in the hotels at the moment. We, we employ 1,200 people, um, you know, in, in our Irish hotels at the moment, and we're looking to grow that. Um, and we're, we're implementing, you know, uh, new policies, procedures, and new initiatives to really develop the talent that we have in-house because, you know, it's really about identifying those people that we have within the group and developing them and working with uh, Natalie, our group head of people on that and with our HR managers, you know, within the hotels. But it is going to be a challenge. Um, I think, you know, certainly, you know, post-COVID, we saw, you know, very much you know, challenging because the hotels got very busy uh, on occupancy and, and ground floor very, very quickly. There was a pent-up demand there uh, of weddings and events that didn't take place and to service those was challenging. However, um, I, I do think that trying to get people to come into the industry now is going to be challenging. Um, and I think it, you know we all have to work together mm -hmm. on that to, to bring them in. Uh, and I think th there are the people out there at the moment, you know, mm. Um, you know, a lot of the, the, the non-Europeans, Europeans, the Brazilians, the Polish, 
or went back to 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 sort of you know their home countries you know during COVID or post COVID, uh, and it is has certainly left a you know a void for us. Right, right. Maybe wrap up on it. When you look back over your own career, is there anybody that stands out that influenced you that influenced you and helped you stay in the industry? Very good question. I, th I think um, the, the the people that I I have around me that I work with Cyril and have done, um, you know, I, I think particularly you look at, at, at FBD, you know, I, I've been with FBD 19 years in November. Uh, I, th I think David Kelly, uh, our CEO, has been, you know, very uh, inspirational and supportive to me. You know, his vision for the hotels um, has been incredible, you know, from, you know, how he, you know, looks at buying the hotels, investing in the hotels. He's a very, very positive person. And that really, you know, just cascades down through, you know, uh, all the senior managers across the group. Uh, and my own sort of managers and senior teams in the hotel, you know, you look at Casnock, the senior managers that we have there that I work closely with every day, you know, they've been with me, you know, some of them six, seven years, uh, which, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I think, you know, they, they, the people that are in the hotels inspire us every day. We inspire each other. We drive each other on, um, you know, which, which is incredible. And I think if you didn't, you know, really enjoy working with the people and I think you, you really wouldn't want to, to be in this industry. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, David uh, and the senior team at the hotels have been fantastic. You know, I think... Uh, Every day is different. Every day is just a challenge. Every day is so exciting. And I think when you're working in hotels that are constantly being invested in from a, a CapEx point of view, expansion point of view, and reinvestment point of view, not only in the fabric of the building, but back of house, be it IT, um, you know, be it you know, new, new computer systems, uh, new systems to, to streamline the business, to review how our business works, uh, and also in the people. You know, the investment of the people is, is huge so as well. A, so it's a combination of people and technology. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the technology, I think, is, is only going to grow, but I think everyone's talking about uh, AI at the moment. But uh, I, I think, you know, you can never really get away from that personal touch. Hotels, all about people. They're all about, you know, uh, ho they have to be welcoming. We have to have, you know, people in hotels. Robots cannot replace the human, you know, mm. touch, the human feel, the human, you know, um, interaction that we have in our hotels, which comes through in all the hotels. It's so important that we, and we never ever want to, to, to lose us. We're, we're, a, we're a people industry with people here to look after people and that's what it's all about okay so the future looks bright the future is very bright uh thank god and uh, uh, we're sitting here in in, in Kilishi, um you know and it's all about continuing investing in this it's all about looking at uh at, 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 at other assets for us to buy and, and david is is very keen to to develop that and the border are very supportive of that uh so yeah the future is very bright and we're we're really excited about you know this year the rest of this year and you know our three-year plans for you know the hotels and the group so onwards and upwards okay well this guy has been lovely talking to you as always and thanks for your time absolute pleasure sir thank you thanks you've been listening to the hospitality on a plate podcast brought to you by hotel and restaurant times kindly supported by guestline an access company technology solutions for the hospitality industry 
Follow us on all social media platforms or hotelandrestauranttimes.ie.